In the section discussing the Yom Tovim in our parsha, after the Torah speaks about the Korbanis and the Yom Tov of Shavuos, the Pasuk says, of When you're harvesting the grain of your land, don't take the edge of the field for yourself, don't finish it off. Um, you're not allowed to take the individual stalks that fall off, we need to leave it all for the poor. The Mepharshim explain, why is it that the Torah is telling us these mitzvahs of Peya and Leket right when we're speaking about the Yom Tovim? So the Evan Ezra explains the reason why it's being mentioned over here a second time, because in fact these mitzvahs were mentioned already in the previous parsha in Parshas Kedoshim, is because since Shavuos is the time for the harvest of the wheat, the Torah is telling us, don't forget what I commanded you to do when you are harvesting your grain. Then Amban explains that actually what this pasuk of harvesting the grain is, is connected to is something that was said earlier on in the parsha when we started this whole section. There it was speaking about the mitzvah of Omer. When you come into the land and you're going to harvest, you need to take some of the Omer. This is the mitzvah of Omer, bringing the Omer on Pesach, the second day of Pesach. And therefore this pasuk is going back and saying that um, when you're not allowed to finish off the side of your field for the Oimer, you're not allowed to take that for the Oimer, you're not allowed to take the Leket for the Oimer, in other words, these mitzvahs do not, or the, the mitzvah of Oimer does not cancel out the mitzvahs of Leket and Peah. Something similar to the, some of the other Mepharshim say that the Torah is coming to caution us, that even a field from which you brought the Oimer, still is obligated in Peah and Leket, because you could have thought, that since you already gave away the beginning of this field to Hashem, you made it a carbon, you brought the Omer, so you might not be obligated in doing Peah and Leket, so the Torah is warning us, no, you still have to give Peah and Leket. Based on this, we need to understand why Rashi brings a totally different drasha from Torah's Koyanim. He says, Omer Rabbi Avardimas, Rabbi Yoisi, why is it that the Torah is putting these mitzvahs right in between the Yom Yom Tovim? Pesach and Atzeres, Pesach and Shavuos on the one side, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot on the other side. It's to teach you that when you give Leket, Shikha and pay it to the poor person, the Abishta considers it as if you built a base Hamikdash and you brought all of the Karbonis inside of it. So the question is, why is Rashi bringing, as an answer to our question of why the mitzvahs are over here, does Drosha in Agadah from Torah Skoyanim, why doesn't he explain it more simply according to these other answers from the other Mephoshim? Now, the fact that Rashi doesn't want to accept in Pshut Mikra the answer of the Ramban and some of the other Mephoshim, which again was that it's in connection to the mitzvah of the Oimer. So this we could understand, because if that's the case, these mitzvahs over here about harvesting the grain and leaving the leket and payah for the poor person should have said back then when we were discussing the Oimer, rather than leaving it now till after Shavuos. But the explanation of the Evan Ezra, which again was that while was, since it's the season of harvesting the wheat, it's a good time to remind us to do these mitzvahs. Seemingly, this could have been a very simple answer in Pshut Mikra. In order to understand this, the Rebbe says we're going to have a look at some other diyukim in Rashi. Number one, the beginning of this Rashi, before this section of Amar Rabbi Avardimas, Rashi explains over Kutzrechem, he says, why is the Torah telling it to us a second time? As mentioned before, the Torah tells it to us already in the previous parsha. Rashi says it's in order to be over a second love, that if you do it, you're going to do two Avedas if you don't leave it for the poor. Then he goes on with saying what Rabbi Avardima says about why it appears in the middle of the Yom Tovim. So the question is, we know that when Rashi brings two completely different ideas regarding one concept in the Torah or a word in the Torah, usually Rashi will put it into a separate Dibra Maskal. From the fact that Rashi is putting both Pirushim together over here, it's obvious that they're connected to each other. But seemingly, they're two different ideas. First, Rashi is telling us of why the Torah is repeating it again. That's in order to get a second Aveira, if you, if you don't leave it to the poor. Seemingly, this is not connected in any way with Rabbi Avardimas' statement, who's telling us why the Torah is telling us these mitzvahs in the middle of the Yom Tov. 
Some other diukim that we need to understand in Rashi. Number one, a famous diuk that the Rebbe often asks, and that is Rashi only brings a statement to the name of whoever said it, only if it's somehow going to add some clarification in what's being said, something that may be necessary for an extra sharp Talmud. Number two, so why does Rashi mention over here, Omar Rabbi Avardim is Rabbi Yossi. Number two, Rashi seems to be Mayrich, very much giving a lot of details within the question. He says, Pesach and Atzeris on this side, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur and Chag on this side. Why doesn't Rashi just simply suffice by saying that why did the Torah place these mitzvahs in the middle of the Yom Tovim? Another question that Rebbe says, in our Pesach, it only speaks about Peya and Leket. Rashi is adding Shikha. Now, even though you're going to say that this is the what Rabbi Avardima says in Torah's Koyanim, but we know that Rashi in his Pirush, as we discussed many times, doesn't bring necessarily everything that was said. He only brings the part that's relevant in Pshutish Mikra, especially that in our case, Rashi doesn't even say Isa B'Toyras Koyanim, or something like that, which would imply that he needs to say everything that's being said over there. So clearly, all of Rashi's Arichas is relevant in Pshutish Mikra. The question is even stronger, because we see Rashi is anyways changing from the from the expressions that we find in Torah's Koyenim, and with a number of details. Number one in Torah's Koyenim, it says, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur Mikan, and Rashi adds the words, V'chag, Sukkos. Number two, Torah's Koyenim does say, Leket, Shikha, and Peah, as Rashi does, but Torah's Koyenim also says, Maiser Oni, which Rashi leaves out. Number three, in Torah's Koyenim, the expression is, Shekol Mishuhu Moitzi, anyone that takes out these gifts, to give to the poor. Rashi says, Shekol Anoise, Leket, anyone that gives Leket, to the poor person, Koroi. Finally, number four, in Titus Koyinim, it says, Mylon all of it's considered as if the Beis Amigdash exists and he brought all the Karbonis. Rashi says, Mylon all of it's counted as if he built the Beis Amigdash and brought the Karbonis. Now, even though it seems that Rashi had such a gears or such a version in the Titus Koyinim in the words of Rabbi Avardimas, since Rashi is bringing it in his name, however, this itself would need explanation. Why is it that Rashi is choosing specifically this version in the words of Rabbi Avardimas as he brings it, rather than bringing the more common version as it is in Torah's Koyinim in front of us. Obviously, from the fact that Rashi is bringing this gear, so this tells us that this is somehow more fitting and, and more explaining our Pshutish Omikra. Then the Rebbe moves on to the next Rashi, where Rashi quotes the word in the Pesach, Tazoiv, that we need to leave it all for the poor. Rashi says, Hanach Lefneim, leave it before them. Heim Yilkatu, that they should collect it, they should gather it, and you're not allowed to assist any of them. The question is asked, why is Rashi now explaining this word Taz, or even our Parsha, rather than explaining it the first time where it appeared in Parsha's Kedoshim in the same, in the same context, in the same mitzvah? That's the first time it says this very lush, and why doesn't Rashi tell it to us over there? It says that the explanation of all of this is as follows. The fact that the Torah is telling us of a Kutzrechem, this mitzvah of Peah and Leket, generally in the Parsha of the Yom Toiv, not in a specific place for itself, in the way of, which is the way of Rashi, that's not even a question. Alderech this is coming directly in continuation to the various different mitzvahs that are mentioned in our parsha concerning the harvesting of the grain. The Pasuk first said, I said before, you're going to be cutting the, the you're going to be cut, cutting the, the field and you need to bring the oimer. This is, of course, on the second day of Pesach. We also speak in the parish about the Mincha Chadasha, the new flower offering that needs to be brought on Shavuos from the new wheat. So we can understand that in continuation to this, the Torah is going to tell us other mitzvahs that are connected with harvesting the, wheat, the, the, the grain, the wheat. Rashi is mainly concerned why the Torah needs to generally tell us these mitzvahs of Lekin and Peah a second time, after we were told already in Parshas Kedoshim. As the Avanezra says, Why do we need to say it a second time? 
It is for this that Rashi tells us that the Torah is repeating it to be over another love. That if you don't give it to the poor, you're going to be over another Avera. This will also tell us why Rashi doesn't learn like the Evan Ezra, who said that the Torah is making sure that we don't forget about these mitzvahs. Why is that? In Parshas Kedoshim, together with the mitzvah of Peah and Leket, there's also the mitzvah of what we need to do in the vineyard. Not to take the little grapes, not to take the grapes that fall off, we need to leave all of that for the poor. If Torah finds it necessary to tell us the mitzvahs that we need to leave for a poor person, again, in order that we shouldn't forget, Torah should have repeated these other mitzvahs of the vineyard as well. That tells us that we're usually not scared by mitzvahs that the person is going to forget them and that's what we have to repeat them. And as we see by most mitzvahs, that the Torah does not tell us a second time to do it, even when the time or the season of the mitzvah comes around again. Torah doesn't tell us, oh, make sure not to forget to do those mitzvahs. And this is why Rashi says that the Torah is simply repeating it, that the person should be over on two lavin. Now, it's no question why the Torah decided for certain mitzvahs to give us two lavin and some not. As Rashi himself says, there are many mitzvahs that the Torah repeats in order to make the person liable again, according to how many times the Torah repeats it. And in Pshut there's no room really to ask why the Torah makes certain mitzvahs, repeat certain mitzvahs to give you the extra lavin and certain ones not. So only after we know that the reason the Torah repeated it was purely just to be over on another love. Now is when the question becomes, so why did the Torah do it in the middle of the Yom Tovim? And specifically the question is, as the way Rashi puts it, that there's Pesach and Atzeres, Pesach and Shavuos on the one side, or Shoshana and Yom Kippur and Sukkot on the other side. The Rebbe explains. Had the mitzvah of a Kutzrechem, been over here, a new mitzvah of Peah and Leket, had we not known about it from the Torah before, we wouldn't have a question why Peah and Leket appear right over here. Because, in other words, it's a new mitzvah, it's a new loisa, so we understand why the Torah would tell it to us over here. That is, because we're speaking, as we said before, dinim concerning the harvest of the field, we shouldn't think that by doing the few mitzvahs the Torah says, again, the Oimer and the Minchav Shavuos, don't think with this you finish the mitzvahs of harvesting the field, and therefore you can now finish off cutting and taking all of the grain. Basically, now you can take everything for yourself. This is something similar to what some of the Mepharshim said originally in the beginning of the Sikha. Rather, the Pasuk is telling us, while you're at the harvest, make sure you remember there are other mitzvahs that you need to do before you can start having pleasure by yourself from, from the grain. So you're not allowed to take off the, the edge of the field, you need it, and you're not allowed to take the ones that fell off, etc., etc. This would have all made sense had it been the first time the Torah is telling it to us. So as soon as we speak about the mitzvahs of the harvest, the Torah is making sure to tell us all of the mitzvahs. However, since this loisa says only coming to tell us a second loisa said to be over again, so then it's only fitting to say over here, and not in a parsha that's similar to the first time it was said around. If it somehow would have been connected to the whole content of what we're talking about. In other words, you have to be warned, for the fir- you have to be warned over here. Since, again, since we know these mitzvahs from before, since we know these mitzvahs from before, so we don't have to be warned now again, so there's no reason to say a dafke in the middle of the Yom Tovim. Had it been again in the middle of the Yom Tovim, had it been the first time we can understand why it's being said together with the other mitzvahs of harvest. But otherwise it should seemingly just be said in a place where it perfectly fits in. Because we're not worried anymore that the person while he's harvesting is going to forget and, and take these things for himself. In our case, that it's being said in between and Yom that are mainly not so much the mitzvahs of harvest, it's mainly being said in the middle of the mitzvah of Karbonis, of the Yom Toivim, 
And the best proof of this, says the Rebbe, is as Rashi puts it, Pesach and Atzeres Mikan, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Chag Mikan. Now Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur have absolutely nothing to do with the, with the harvesting of grain. Which tells us that this parsha is mainly not a parsha of harvesting. It's more a parsha of the Yom Tovim, the Karbonus of Yom Tovim. So how does it fit in over here, this idea of Peya and Leket, just to tell us to be over a second love? Again, had it been the first time the Torah is telling us, we can understand why you would come in over here. You're speaking about harvest, we need to make sure, don't think that you're finished with all the mitzvahs of harvest. But the person wouldn't think that, he knows this already from the first time in the Torah. So here you're just repeating it to give a second love. So put it in somewhere where it fits in. And this is why Rashi tells us that it's coming to teach you, properly, it's as if you build a base and you brought the karbonis. What does this mean? The connection, the comparison of, of, the, of these gifts to the poor, to karbonis, is understood just like karbonis. We know the Pasuk says, Adam mikem, and we're told that it has to be something that belongs to you, it cannot be something stolen. And that is you're taking, you're offering up something that's your own, you're giving it to the Mizbeach, you're giving it to the Koyin according to the order of Hashem. In exactly the same way is it Matna Sanim, where you're fulfilling the mitzvah of Hashem to give of your grain to the poor people. You're giving on away of your own possessions to the poor people according to the order, the command of Hashem. Now even though this would be true every time you give tzedakah, nevertheless there's something unique by these matones, by these gifts, gifts of leket shikhen peya. What is that? By regular tzedakah it's possible that the money you're giving it's possible that you got it without any effort whatsoever. Maybe it was an easy business deal. Maybe you got it as an inheritance. Maybe you found it or some other way. It's only that we say that since this is money that you could have used for, your, for the sustenance of your life, to keep yourself alive. So obviously it's considered as if you gave away your life and so on and so forth. Whereas when it comes to the grain that you're giving for Peah and Leket, this is something that came with your effort, with plowing and sowing. Then there had to be the reaping. As the Pasuk says, with the sweat of your brow, you're going to eat the bread. And this is why this drush of Rabbi Aradimus and Teyas Koyanim, is mainly connected to this mitzvah of Leket, Shikha, Peah and Maiserani, and not just to regular tzedakah. Rashi comes to add even a further point, to emphasize something even more. And that is that this effort that you're having with the grain of the land, and that you're giving it away to the poor person, and that's again, even before you took any of it for yourself, and then of course after you take for yourself, you give true man, miser, etc. And then you have pleasure from it through the bread that you receive or whatever else it is. Um, so from your tvoah, so this is, we, Rashi says, as if you were, uh, it's not only makrev karbonis, Rashi adds, as if you build a base amigdash. Why is that? Because here, we're speaking about the effort that you put in. Rashi says it's similar to the effort that you're putting in and working and building the base amigdash even before you bring the karbonis over there. And the Rebbe is going to explain a little bit more what this idea of building the base amigdash before bringing the karbonis. The Rebbe explains, when we compare building the base, it's as if the base amigdash exists, or you build the base amigdash, and you brought karbonis, there's really two ideas. Number one is that the fact that you're giving something away of your own. The Abish that told you to give something away, something you could have used for your own life, and you're giving it away. Furthermore, as we said, you worked hard for it, you put in a lot of effort, a lot of energy into it, etc., etc. That's all one aspect. Number two is the fact that you're giving it away because Hashem said you're giving it now to a poor person. Again, the first thing is, that you gave something away of your own, and the second thing is, the fact that it's now coming to the poor person. The difference between these two will be, 
If the main emphasis is how precious it is that you're taking something of your own, something that's connected to your life, if that's the case, then it's not so relevant and so important how exactly the poor person got it. The bottom line is that you gave it away. If, however, the emphasis is about giving it to the poor person, then of course, it's also going to be very relevant how it was given, that it was given in the most perfect way. Says the Rebbe, this is going to be the difference between the way Rabbi Avardima says it, how it appears in Torah's Koyanim, and what Rashi brings. In Torah's Koyanim, the main thing that we're discussing over here, the comparison of these gifts to Karbonois, is more going to be about that you're taking away from your stuff, from your own things, and giving it away. How does the Torah's Koyanim use the expression? Moitzi, you're taking it away, it's leaving you. And therefore, the Torah's Koyanim, we said the Pasuk only says, Leket and peya. What does the Torah's Koyanim add? Shikha and Maiserani. Because in the fact that you're giving it away, these things are completely exactly the same to Leket and peya. It's now going to be leaving your possession, those sorts of grains that came through your hard work, through your effort. On the other hand, Rashi, we said, doesn't say the word moitzi. Rashi says you're giving it to the poor person, karo'ui. And what does Rashi say? Rashi doesn't say Maiserani, but to the words of Leket and peya in the Pasuk, Rashi just says Shikha. Because only shikha, according to Rashi, the way Rashi is looking at it, if the main point is the poor person, only shikha is going to be the one that's more similar to Leket and Peah, rather than Maiser Oni. Only that's going to be the one that's given properly, so to speak, more than Maiser Oni. Why is that? Says the Rebbe, there's a certain comparison, a certain thing, that's the same in Leket, Shikha, and Peah. And that is, not only the fact that you're giving something away that you really is connected to your very life, but also that it's being given in the most perfect way in the sense... That the giver, the one giving, doesn't have what's called toivas anoi. Doesn't even get the benefit of of gratitude, of of being able to give it to whoever he wants, and therefore getting a thank you, so to speak. That's called noisen karoi. That's what Rashi means, giving it properly. He can't give it to his own servants, to his own maid servants, to people that are close to him, to poor people that are close to him. Rashi doesn't say maiser ani. Because in Maiser Ani, clearly you could have Toivas Anoi. Maiser Ani, in fact, you could give it to people that you choose to give it to. Those that are related to you, that are close to you, etc., etc. So in other words, it's specifically these three that Rashi chose, Leka, Chikha, and Peah, that have that common denominator, that the, the person giving it away doesn't have any say in the matter even. It's completely the poor person's. So he doesn't even get the benefit of getting a, a, the thank you for giving it to that person, etc., May high time, or the pleasure of being able to give it to whoever he wants, rather. May high time, it says the Rebbe, this is also the reason why it's more appropriate to say, Kilu Bona Beis not only as if the Beis HaMikdash is there and Karbonas are being brought, because the building is coming through an effort, who's going to have the benefit? This is going to be a benefit that all Yidin are going to have equally. It's not like just the Beis HaMikdash is built and now you can bring your personal Karbonas. Which is like, again, like your personal benefit. No, it's like building the base on Migdash, which is nothing personal to you. All Yidin are going to benefit from it equally. Now the question becomes, what about the mitzvahs of the vineyard? Seemingly, all of these things that we said about Leka, Chikha, and Peya are exactly the same also by the little grapes, by the grapes that fall off, that the Torah also commanded us together with the mitzvahs of Peya and Leka the first time around. So why doesn't Rabbi Avardimas also add the mitzvahs of Oilulois and Peret? And again, even though it doesn't say it in our Pasuk, but he mentions Shikha that also doesn't say in our Pasuk. This is why Rashi, in his question, he, when he says Rabbi Avardimas, he says, why is it that the Torah put, we said Pesach and, and Shavuos on the one side, and then he says Rosh Hashanah, and he adds Chag, Sukkot, 
on the other side, which didn't say in the original words the way we have it from Rabbi Avardimus. This is to emphasize that we're actually speaking about the time of the year, which is way before Sukkot. Because again, Pesach and Shavuos on the one side, and then there's going to be Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. So we're dealing at a time before the time that all the produce of the land is gathered, which is on Sukkot. And therefore, it is appropriate to mention Shikha, which is at the time when you're harvesting the fields, but not the mitzvahs that are to do with the vineyard, the oilolis and the peret, which their time is going to be much later. That's going to be in the time of Sukkot. The Rebbe says this actually adds even more explanation why it is that Rashi is bringing that girsa that, that, that leaves out Maeser Ani, that's in addition to what we said before. Because also Maeser Ani, even of the, of the grain of the land, it's usually going to be together with giving the Maeser of Yikvecha, of the wine press, which is again going to be in Zman Asif in the time after you gathered all the fruit into the house, which is, as we said, that's going to be Sukkot time. Says the Rebbe, this is another explanation why Maeserani is not completely similar to Leket, Shikha, and Peya. There's another, another idea as well, which we said that Leket, Shikha, and Peya, it's considered as if you build a base of Migdash and brought all the Karbanis, etc. And that is because Maeserani is not even given every year as Leket is given every year. Maeserani is given once in three years. Therefore, it doesn't really express to the same extent that you're giving away Chayas Nafshi, you're giving away all of your earnings as in these other mitzvahs. So too in regards to the mitzvahs of the vineyard, which first of all is not such an absolute necessity, a food of a necessity for the person. Furthermore, the effort that goes in in planting the vineyard, etc., is not over such a long period of time and every single year, as is the case by the grain of the wheat, etc. It's in continuation that to this, the Rashi now goes on and explains the word tazoi. You should leave them for the poor people. Hanach leave them in before them. They'll collect it and you're not allowed to assist any of them. And the Rebbe explains. The first time around when the Torah says the mitzvah of, of these mitzvahs of Leket and Peah, etc. in Pasha's Kedoshim. So the Pasuk says, Rashi doesn't need to explain anything at all because it's understood obviously the Torah is telling us what the mitzvahs of Leket and Peah are. That is, don't finish over the side of the field. Don't collect the pieces that fell down. Rather, leave them for the poor and the gay. The word Tazav means simply there's nothing to explain. In our Parsha, which we know already, which we know already, the Toichen and how the mitzvahs need to be done, that the Peah and Leket, we need to leave for the poor people. And the fact that, so we know all these mitzvahs before already, and the only reason we said that the Torah is repeating it over here is only to add this idea that, call, and, and saying, being said specifically between the Yom Tov and we said, is to teach us this idea that if you give like a chikha and pay it properly, it's as if you build a base of or of the Karbonis. As said before, it's to emphasize that you're going to give it in the proper way, in the most perfect way, to the extent that the owner of the field is not even having any benefit out of it. He doesn't even get the pleasure to give it to whoever he wants, as we said before. Says the Rebbe, and now we can also understand that when the Pasuk says, Now again, this is technically something that we know already from Parshat Kedoshim. So it's only coming to add more details about this idea of how perfectly you need to give it, and therefore not have your own personal benefit of the one giving it. And this is why Rashi says, what does Tazev mean? You're going to leave it in, for, in front of them, they're going to collect it, and you're not allowed to help any of them, you're not allowed to assist any of them. In other words, this lack of Toivas Hanoah, is not only you can't choose which poor people to give it to them, but you don't even have, so to speak, that pleasure of being able to help them and to assist them and to be involved. They completely take it on, on their own. You have nothing to do with it whatsoever. That's what Rashi is telling us. 
However, says the Rebbe, the sharp Talmud could still ask a question on this whole Pirush of Rabbi Avardimas. You give Leket Shikha and pay it properly. It's as if you build a base on Migdash. So you could ask the question at the end of the day, what is so amazing and so great, such a tremendous Milo, when you're taking something of yourself and giving it away, not having your own, the pleasure from it, especially that usually we're not even going to be speaking about such great quantities. We're speaking about one or two stalks that fall down for Leket. We're speaking about a few things that were maybe forgotten for Shikha, a few stalks. Maybe something a little bit left at the edge of the field. It might just be a little bit. You have to leave something at the edge of the field, but the Pasuk doesn't give a shear, doesn't tell us how much. Midrai Raisa, there is no measurement. Even if you left one stalk, you're Yoitza Midrai Raisa. Even Midrabanan, you only have to give one out of 60. So yes, it's true, it's coming from your effort, and you put in effort, and that's true even if it's something very little, as Rashi, as, as Rashi says, the main thing is, the oifen anasin, anoysen leket shikho peyo, lo'oni karoi, so you have to give it properly, but the question is, why is that something so great, and so amazing, to the extent that we say, kilu bono beis amigdash, if you build a beis amigdash, and hikriv olav karbonis besoichi, and brought a karbonis. It is to explain this point, that Rashi also brings the name, Rabbi Avardimas. So, who is this Rabbi Avadimus? What do we know about him? Chazal tells us in the Yerushalmi about someone called Yehuda Ishhutzi. He spent three times, three months, in seclusion by himself and hiding, just to be able to focus on the halacha. And he was trying to figure out, How do you know your own city comes? The, your, the life of your own city comes before the life of another city. In that context, it's specifically speaking about water coming from a river, whether your city gets the water first, you get, another city gets it first, etc. He comes to Rabbi Yossi. After three days, he couldn't figure out what's the source for this. He comes to Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi calls his son, Rabbi Avirudimus, the way it says over there. This, this is Rabbi Avirudimus. He should say it. What's the reason, what's the source that Chayir, Azois, the life of your own city comes before another city? And he brings a posseh, Te'yeno Arimo Eila, Te'yeno Ir Vo'ir, and only then Umbi Groshel, it's a posseh speaking about the cities of the Levim, but we learn out from the posseh that first it discusses your own city, then other cities, and then the surrounding places. Now, first of all, why is it that Rabbi Yossi had to call his son Rabbi Avardimus to tell him to give this answer? Why couldn't Rabbi Yossi himself tell this Yehuda, you should see the source of this halacha, especially that was Rabbi Yossi himself, that is the one that said the din, who we're looking now for the source of that halacha. This tells us that somehow this is specifically con- connected to this Rabbi Avardimus. This, this is a special limud that's associated with him. This is something similar to what the Gemara says elsewhere, that Rabbi Yehuda was someone that always kochzik and learned the nyanim of Seder Nizikin, or Rabbi Akiva that had a special connection and was told to be learning the goyim and alois, and other examples like that. In other words, this Rabbi Avardimus had a special koch, a special chayis in this halacha, that your own city, the people of your own city, always come first. And that's what Rabbi Yossi calls him. In other words, Rabbi, Yossi, Rabbi, Avr, Avir, Rabbi Avardimus is mainly involved in this idea that according to Torah, those poor people that are closer to you, even if it's only that you're in the same city, have, they take precedence over the poor people that are further away from you. According to his shita, we can understand why this is a chidush now, in our case. That yet in our case, what are we being told? Even though naturally, and even according to Torah, usually the poor people closest to you come first, and this is what he says. But leket shikha and pay are given to ani karoi, when you give these mitzvahs karoi properly, 
meaning you're not going to take into consideration who's closest to you. You're just going to leave it for all poor people to take. Then it's as if you build a base Hamikdash and brought the Karbonis. Because this sort of conduct, conduct that's demanded over here by Leket, Shikha, Peya, that you're not going to get those that are closest to you first. Or even the people in your city, you're not going to give them before others. This is something opposite of the nature that would usually be, even according to Torah, as we said, that in many dinim, the city, people of your city come first. And that's why it's so amazing. And that's why it's a, it, we say it's as if you build a base of English and brought the Karbonis. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we can now see something very fascinating in the area of halacha that we can also take out of Rashi. And that is, the Rambam Paskuns, that the mitzvah of Peah, so to Leket and Shikha, are what's called the Lav Hanitik Lase. Lav Hanitik Lase means that there are certain loisases, that even if a person is over the loisase, there is then a mitzvah sase that you could do to fix it up. So the Rambam Paskins, that if you went ahead and you cut, you harvested all of the grain in the field, you didn't leave over it, any payah attached, you could still then go ahead, take some of what you cut, and give it to the poor person, because giving it to them is a mitzvah sase, as the Pasuk says, La'onivilager ta'zevoysam. By the way, we explained Rashi in Pshut Mikra comes out that no, this is not a mitzvah saseh now that's going to come and fix up the loisase. It's not a lava nitik lasay. The Pasuk of Lani is not coming to tell us a new mitzvah which is going to fix the loisase by giving it now to the poor person. And the Rebbe explains, when it said Lani v'lager tazevoysev the first time around in Pashas Kedoshim, that was just describing how you do the loisase. It tells us, don't cut off the edges of the field. What does it mean, don't cut off the edge of the field? You can't cut it. You need to leave it for the poor people. So that one is definitely not a new mitzvah saseh. When it comes in our parsha, it says, If anything, it's coming to add the other way around. That it has nothing to do with you, the owner. You're not going to have any benefit at all, at all. As we said, it's coming to tell us, it's negating the idea that you have even the pleasure of giving it. So it's not coming to tell us, and I'll say that you should give it. To put it slightly in a different way. When, you're, when we're giving the la'onivilager, that is being given, what the Pasuk says, by Leket and Pei in a way of Taz and Oysim, you should leave it to them, that they should take it by themselves and you don't even have the benefit of giving it to them, is not just a side point, a technical thing of how this mitzvah is done, Leket, Shikha and Pei. Rather, that is the gather, that is the essence of what the very mitzvah is. The definition of the mitzvah is not only that you are going to give them Leket, Shikha and Pei from what belongs to you as the Torah's Koyen and puts it Moitzi, you're going to give it away, but the point is that you're giving it to them karo, you're giving it to them in the proper way, which as we said is that you're just leaving it to them and you're not involved in any way whatsoever. Says the Rebbe, from all of this we also take our and Yenish al of Rashi, to what extent it is Negeya to fulfill a mitzvah, even a mitzvah kala, light, easy mitzvah. You're giving away one little stalk perhaps, and yet it needs to be done with an emissa without any ulterior motives and without any benefit. Another thing the Rebbe says, on the other hand, to, uh, to what extent it's negea your own iskafia, to bend your Yitzhahara, to the extent, as we say, by the famous mitzvah of Kisirich, Hamur, if you see the donkey of your enemy under its load, etc., as the Ramam explains that this is specifically an enemy even more than a friend, and before your friend, because you need to bend your Yitzhahara. To such an extent, that here you're going to be mitzvah, the mitzvah, of Leket and at these mitzvahs exactly opposite of what you usually, not only your nature, but even the way Torah usually says is the natural way. That by regular tzedakah, the poor people that are closest to you come first. And yet you're acting in this way when Torah tells you you need to bend your Yetzar and you're not going to be giving and having the benefit of giving those that are closest to you first. And because of this, it's so great that Mylon, all of its counted as we build a base of English and brought all the carbonis inside of it. So as the Rebbe, when we work on this idea of the Shanois Midois of Ativim to change our natural Midois, or even furthermore, as Chassidus explains, the Shanais Tivius Midois have to change the very nature of the Midas. 
From this we have Mylon of Kiilu. It's counted as if you have the Binyi Beis Hamiglish Kapshutoi, and we will bring all the carbonates commitments to the Tzenecho in the third Beis Hamiglish Yibanib Mehedav Yameinu Mamash.